Do you love a good cigar? I do. That's why I love my Patriot cigars. These are the highest quality long-leaf Nicaraguan tobacco cigars, and believe me, the price is right. So go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE for 25% off. Free shipping on orders over $100. Go to MyPatriotCigars.com and use promo code STONE. Premium smoke for freedom-loving patriots. The Stone Zone with legendary Republican strategist and political icon and pundit Roger Stone. Stone is served as a senior campaign aide to three Republican presidents. He is a New York Times bestselling author and a longtime friend and advisor of President Donald Roger Trump. Stone. As an outspoken libertarian, Stone has appeared on thousands of broadcasts, spoken at countless venues, and lectured before the prestigious Oxford Political Union and the Cambridge Union Society. Due to his four-plus decades in the political and cultural arena, Stone has become a pop culture icon. And now, here's your host, Roger Stone. Welcome. I'm Roger Stone, and yes, you are back in the Stone Zone. We have an extraordinary program for you today because we will be joined by historian, author, businessman, columnist, and citizen of the world, Lord Conrad Black. Uh, Lord Black has written two uh, award-winning biographies, one of Franklin Delano Roosevelt, also one of Richard Nixon. Uh, he's also written an extraordinary book on Donald Trump. I'm very anxious to get his current viewpoint on both American and Canadian politics and the world situation. So this is going to be a very important uh, interview. I'm very honored to have him. So stay tuned for that. Uh, to join me now for a quick uh, roundup of the political events overnight uh, is uh, independent journalist uh, with uh, Liberty Forward, uh, my good friend, Troy Smith. Roger, it's an honor to be here on top of the news last night that Alejandra Mayorkas, the DHS secretary, was impeached by the House, a vote of 214 to 213. Interested to hear your thoughts right off the bat on that. Well, uh, you know, I think the Speaker Johnson is redeemed in twofolds. One, uh, the courageous act of uh, refusing to pass uh, a $92 million appropriation for uh, uh, Israel, Taiwan, uh, and Ukraine, because it is not tied to any action to seal our border. That's an act of courage. Uh, and now, uh, finally, the House has impeached Mr. Mayorkas, which I think we both recognize, while the odds of his conviction in the Senate are very slim, this is an important symbolic act. The Democrats knew when they impeached Donald Trump uh, that they were not going to get a conviction in the Senate, although with their handmaidens in the fake news media, they certainly tried. Uh, and I think it is unlikely, I think you need two thirds actually uh, to uh, impeach Mayorkas in the Senate. Uh, this is, I think, uh, an important symbol of the complete failure uh, of his policies and the lies he has told the American people. Because as you know, Troy, he has insisted for months that despite what we see with our own eyes or the statistics that demonstrate the horrific impact of his policies uh, on the country in terms of 
fentanyl uh, abuse, uh, the crime epidemic, uh, and the hemorrhaging of our cities and counties and states who seek to pay for the social uh, welfare costs of the illegals, uh, that our border was uh, secure. So uh, I think it is uh, an amazing act of courage. Uh, here's uh, Congresswoman Sheila uh, Jackson uh, of uh, Texas for a little uh, comic relief. Tonight, we did a foolish thing, and that is to pass an impeachment of a very qualified and effective Secretary of Homeland Security. Do your job, Mr. Secretary. Do not be impacted, Secretary Mayorkas, by this false attempt to diminish you. Help us as we work toward making the border safe. Uh, I correct myself, Congresswoman Sheila Jackson Lee. I'm not sure exactly uh, what planet she lives on uh, to call Mr. Mayorkas effective. One of the things I find most objective, uh, uh, objectionable about Secretary Mayorkas uh, is to, we learned yesterday that he personally uh, is the official who, uh, who rejected the request for Robert F. Kennedy Jr. for Secret Service protection. Now, I am not a supporter of Mr. Kennedy. I'm not an advisor of Mr. Kennedy despite what a number of demented people on the internet may say. Met the man once in my life. I like a few of his public positions. Uh, he has other positions I vehemently disagree with. However, I do think, not only given uh, the history of having both an uncle uh, and a father uh, gunned down in public service, uh, that uh, and the ex exceptional number of threats that Mr. Kennedy says he has received, plus an incident at one of his public events in which a man was actually apprehended wearing a fake badge and who was armed, what we don't need is the, the murder of a presidential candidate. But Mr. Mayorkas, despite the fact that Mr. Kennedy qualifies in every legal sense, he is a legal candidate for president, he has reached the threshold of funds to be considered such, he is eligible under federal law for Secret Service protection, uh, but this administration fails to give it to him, I think, for two reasons. One, because they know uh, that it places an extraordinary financial burden on his campaign that must pay to keep him safe. But also, secondarily, in some demented sense, I think that they believe it connotes uh, a certain seriousness uh, or viability to his candidacy. Once again, not a supporter of Mr. Kennedy, uh, but I do pray for his safety as I pray for the safety uh, of uh, President Biden, as I pray to, for the safety of Donald Trump and his family. Well, we, uh, I lived through the Kennedy assassination, both of them, as well as the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, we do not need that or want that uh, in America today. Troy, you uh, did some digging on those who voted against the impeachment of Mr. Mayorkas. What did you learn? Well, Roger, it's really important to remember that, you know, you look at Mike Johnson and you look at kind of what he's accused of being, and that is uh, being a supporter of the America First agenda. And if you listen to the Democrats, that's exactly what they say. Um, and we saw 214 Republicans side with him yesterday in, in deciding to impeach uh, Alejandro Mayorkas. Now, there were three Republicans who didn't go along with it, Tom McClintock, Ken Buck, and Mike Gallagher. 
And digging into the campaign finance data of these individuals, I found some pretty alarming stuff. And we have uh, some of it we're going to put up here. Uh, Richard Uline, which, who is a, a, a huge donor um, in, in Republican circles and, and even has some questionable donations, I think, uh, you know, we you look at his donations to Ron DeSantis. I want them to put up Ron DeSantis's donations um, uh, from from Uline. He's put one point five million dollars into never back down going into the 2024 election, Roger. So you have to ask yourself, Ken Buck, who's supported by this Richard Uline, who's one of his top donors, um, just happens to have connections to Ron DeSantis to the tune of one point five million dollars. Um, I, and, and also looking at some of the other people like uh, uh, McClintock, we had a video of him defending Kevin McCarthy and going into Mike Gallagher. We saw tremendous uh, donors that supported uh, Protect the House. Now, this is all detailed in my report on launchliberty.com that people can check out. Uh, but but ma- the main problem here is, Roger, that we have Republican establishment donors supporting these candidates who just have, or I'm, I'm sorry, these congressmen who just happen to vote against Mayorkas or with the Democrats uh, to, to vote against the impeachment of Mayorkas. It shows that there is a, a there is a definitive Trump uh, element, America first element to the Republican Party. But there are still these nefarious donors who will try to sink uh, things like the impeachment of Mayorkas that stand to benefit the America first agenda. And I think it's important for people to understand how this money works, who is behind these things. And the fact that DeSantis and McCarthy are are very closely linked to some of the top donors of all of these people who voted against the impeachment, I think says a lot. Uh, it's very interesting that you say that. Uh, last night, uh, I was on with Laura Loomer on her uh, Rumble-based program, uh, Laura Loomer Unleashed, or I guess Loomer Unleashed, we started at 10 o'clock at 11.30. We were still talking. I was uh, pretty much punch drunk, but it was a great political discussion. Uh, and we highlighted the fact uh, that not only is Nikki Haley staying in this race long past the period in which she has any reasonable prospect to be nominated, uh, but Ron DeSantis has never actually endorsed Donald Trump endorsed as in, I support Donald Trump, I urge people to vote for Donald Trump. What he said was, he conceded rather bitterly, uh, that a majority of Republican primary voters and indeed Republicans favor the renomination of Donald Trump. Now, what the governor of Florida is doing, rather than focusing on the state insurance crisis, the state's utility rate crisis, uh, the uh, the creeping crime rates, which are actually uh, there's a higher murder rate in Jacksonville than there is in Los Angeles. Instead of focusing on these very important state issues, uh, he's decided to start opining on federal issues. He's now uh, beating the drum for a constitutional amendment for a balanced budget. Uh, he's uh, talking about term limits. Uh, I, I'm copacetic with all those things, but he's running essentially a shadow campaign for president. He's letting us know that he's available. Uh, That's what I think that is all about. Well, Roger, and and we talked about this too. Nikki Haley and Ron DeSantis have different approaches here. Nikki Haley is kind of out in front, uh, still having her candidacy. And Ron DeSantis, I believe, and, and many others too, is hiding in the grass, waiting for a possible Trump indictment, waiting for him to drop out of the race so that he can reassert himself and try to come back into this race. I think it's uh, it's important for people to understand, and it's important for people to understand that the same people funding DeSantis will also be the ones that are moving into uh 
in, into funding the people who are standing up against this agenda. I appreciate that. Uh, we're going to take a qu very quick commercial break. And when we come back, uh, our esteemed guest, uh, historian, author, businessman, columnist, and citizen of the world, Lord Conrad Black, will join us. Hello, I'm Mike Lindell, and I'm excited to announce my new product, My Coffee. I get products all the time from entrepreneurs for my new platform, MyStore.com. And when I tried my coffee for the first time, I was blown away. It is the best coffee I've ever had in my life. I spent the last four months doing my due diligence, and this family-owned business micromanages every step from the fields to the cup to ensure the best quality coffee you're ever gonna have. It starts with the beans that are grown in Honduras. Honduras's volcanic soil and humid climate make the perfect growing conditions for coffee plants, which produce the best beans ever. Then each batch is tested for its aroma, taste, and other aspects to meet the highest standards in the coffee industry. And after that, it goes into production, which is all done right here in the USA. It's like you're getting that small batch specialty coffee, but delivered right to your front door. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen, use the promo code and you'll get your very own My Coffee for 25% off. You guys all know that I've traveled the country for the past year and a half. I've stayed in hundreds of hotels. I've tried every coffee out there. Well, some of the coffees have that terrible aftertaste, some that leave me jittery or I get an upset stomach. Well, my coffee is different. It's the richest, smoothest, best coffee I've ever had. My coffee comes in a variety of flavors. You get them ground or whole bean, plus it's certified organic and non-GMO. I guarantee it'll be the best coffee you've ever had. So go to mystore.com or call the number on your screen. Use your promo code and you'll get my coffee for 25% off. And I'm going to give you deep discounts on all my store products. That's mystore.com. It's my new platform for USA entrepreneurs. Please order now. Uh, that you just heard it, folks. So uh, if you're like me and you like a bracing, uh, smooth, uh, invigorating cup of coffee first thing in the morning, try uh, my coffee, which you can get at my store. Now, you can go to mystore.com and use promo code STONE. Or you can go to MyPillow.com and you'll find a link for my store. This is the greatest coffee you've ever had. All right. Uh, now it is uh, my distinct honor uh, and pleasure to introduce uh, our next guest. Lord Conrad Black is a historian, uh, author, businessman, columnist, and, well, citizen of the world. It is an extreme honor to have him join us today in the Stone Zone. Uh, Roger, the honor is mine. I've been an admirer of yours for many years, so thank you for having me on. Uh, I almost don't know where to start. Uh, you and I have a number of things uh, in common. Uh, I've written two books on Richard Nixon, but you, sir, have written the definitive book on Richard Nixon, your book, uh, A Life in Full. When young people ask me if I want to recommend one book on Richard Nixon uh, above all, it is your book that I consistently recommend. Uh, I've also, uh, I also must say that prior to the publication of your terrific book on Franklin Delano Roosevelt, Champion of Freedom, my favorite book was James McGregor Burns, The Lion and the Fox, uh, but you even have superseded that. So my, my hat is off to you. 
I'm kind of like you, that rare conservative who has an appreciation for FDR. Some of my friends uh, give me a, a lot of uh, crap about it, but so be it. He was a great leader. So um, here's a good place to start, uh, Lord Black. Um, the breaking news today uh, that uh, the United States intelligence agencies, principally the Central Intelligence Agency, uh, was involved with British intelligence uh, in essentially spying on 26 associates of President Donald Trump. Uh, I uh, am among them. The New York Times reported on January uh, 20th of 2017, the very day of uh, President Trump's inauguration that I was one of three individuals under surveillance uh, for my contacts with the Russians uh, with whom I had no contacts. Uh, the New York Times has never retracted that. Uh, the government vehemently denied it in discovery. Uh, parts of this we knew. Parts of it um, had been speculated about. What is your assessment of this? Uh, these new developments? Well, I, I think it's all part of this process. And I, by the way, I defer to you. you you've been in the front lines of that. But uh, of this, uh, it's, it's like James Joyce's description of the confession, you know, and portrait of the artist as a young man. They, it, the details of the politicization of the intelligence services and the FBI and other parts of the Justice Department, in Joyce's phrase, oozes out sluggish and filthy. We get a little more of it all the time. And the sooner it's all out there, we know all of it, uh, the better. I, I mean, it, it, these are just chapters in the lengthening book, What Not to Do and What Not to Tolerate Happening Ever Again to anybody, any party. And and uh, it's, it's a shocking story. And it is, I'm sure, even more galling to you than it is to me to have uh, so much of the media consumed with discussions of President Trump's ethics and the legality of his actions when his opponents have, have, have assaulted the Constitution. Uh, I, I mean, if, if in Canada or Britain, the leader of the opposition was indicted on ridiculous charges like, like the president, ex-president is facing, uh, it, it, it would be seen everywhere in the world as the end of democracy in that country. And, and uh, it, it's, it, it, look, it's shocking, except we're beyond being shocked, especially you and anyone who saw the miniature reenactment of the Normandy landings conducted at your house in Fort Lauderdale, I believe, uh, would know that the whole thing is just completely out of control. And, uh, and, and I mean, it seems to have abated somewhat, but uh, the, the, that is an Augean stable that the next president is going to have to clean out. Uh, well, actually, I, I guess I would argue that the witch hunts against Donald Trump uh, by certain yeah. elements of government uh, and the deep state. were supposed to be non-political. Exactly. They, they, they continue really uh, unabated. The irony here, since you have written a terrific biography of Richard Nixon and have a broad appreciation of Watergate, is, of course, that compared to Watergate, Obamagate, which is what we call it, is the greatest single dirty trick in American political history. It right, is by far. There's less. no evidence that Mr. Nixon himself, even after 50 years, there's no evidence that he himself commit, I mean, serious evidence, committed any crimes. 
as he admitted he made mistakes and some of his uh, subalterns committed crimes but uh, but he didn't and and yet he's still he's been so smeared that he's still uh, it, it's getting better as time, as it does as time passes and people see what an outstanding president he was but uh he's still been Hillaryed so severely that he's to many people synonymous with wrongdoing. But but what's gone on here? You call it Obamagate, but uh, I mean Biden's not innocent in it, um, and neither are the Clintons. Uh, it, it's it's been it's been an absolutely shocking uh, corruption of large elements of the Justice Department and the intelligence services, and uh, you know you can't do that in a democracy. I mean, you can't make a habit of it and keep it as a democracy. Well, in this particular case, uh, it's pretty clear to me uh, that Barack Obama and Joe Biden, who was in the room, uh, and their FBI director, their CIA director, their national security advisor, and others, uh, were engaged in nothing less than an abuse of power in which they used the full legal authority of the United States and the extraordinary capabilities of our intelligence agencies uh, using what they knew was completely fabricated evidence, the Steele dossier, uh, and a false claim that the Russians had uh, performed an online hack of the Democratic National Committee uh, to justify and rationalize an illegal and illicit effort to remove a duly elected president. You can go back now and look at Leslie Stahl insisting that there's no evidence that Trump was spied yep. on. In fact, there's overwhelming evidence. My good friend, Judge Andrew Napolitano, one of the first people in America to make the connection between British intelligence uh, and uh, the war, the uh, the Russia Gate hoax, uh, was pilloried for it, was excoriated for it. Talked to him this morning. He feels now entirely uh, exonerated. Good. No, yeah, look, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I, even things that aren't technically illegal, but James Clapper padding around the entire world on the overpaid lecture circuit, announcing as a matter of fact, like saying, you know, Washington is the capital of the United States, that uh, Donald Trump was an, was an intelligence asset. This then sitting president of the country was an intelligence asset of Russia. Uh, it, it's somewhat illegal, but it, it, it's totally improper conduct for the former holder of, of that office. Well, and uh, again, the, the two-tier justice system works. So uh, Mr. Clapper, as you know, lied to Congress under oath uh, about whether we indeed had a program uh, to uh, track the metadata of Americans. Uh, Michael Hayden, uh, also uh, uh, in the national security apparatus, also purged himself. Of course, neither one of these so men were John Brennan did too. Uh, no, Brennan, it's, 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 it's scandalous. So did, look, Comey, and, and again, we're reciting to each other things that we know well, and you better than I, and m most of your listeners would know it as well. But James Comey, I believe, said 245 times under oath, I don't recall, about things that happened in his term as director of the FBI, and these were matters not from 50 years ago, from a few months before, and he didn't recall any of it. Uh, I mean, uh, where was the media attention to that? Uh, excellent point. Actually, it's it never hurts to repeat these things because here is the enduring quality of the America left. 
it doesn't matter how many times one of their assertions is debunked or completely discredited. Just wait a few days and they'll recycle it yet again as if that information was never made public. They do it again and again and again. Uh, it's extraordinarily annoying. Oh, Roger Stone was in communications with the GRU to coordinate the release of the WikiLeaks material. No, Roger Stone had an innocuous Twitter direct message exchange with the persona of Guccifer 2.0 three months after WikiLeaks had already published all of the DNC and Hillary Clinton material. And the content of that exchange, which was extremely limited, is entirely benign. But you won't find that reported by the New York Times or the Washington Post or any of the other legacy media. Uh, let's talk for a moment uh, about Canada. Uh, I have many friends in Canada, many patriots in Canada, many believers uh, in liberty. Um, they are, I think, pretty downhearted about the current authoritarian regime uh, in power uh, in Canada. Is there hope for Canada? Yes, great hope. Uh, all the polls indicate that the opposition will win the next election, which will be next year. Uh, and and uh, the, the, the political tradition in Canada uh, has been the liberals win more elections than the conservatives because of their historically superior position in Quebec. But um, every uh, at, at the worst, every four or five elections, the conservatives come in and laterally they've when they've come in, they've stayed for at least a couple of terms. Brad Mulroney did and Stephen Harper did. And uh, the, the last, um, I mean, I'm giving you more detail than you or your listeners want, but the last Canadian leader who won four consecutive elections was Wilfrid Laurier, and that was more than a century ago. And and this man, Justin Trudeau, he's a very nice guy. I've known him since he was a little boy because I knew his father quite well, but uh, he's a, a perfectly nice person. But but he but he's in my, he's not in the opinion of most Canadians he's not a competent prime minister and if, if he stands for a fourth term he's not going to get it. Uh, and uh, your assessment of the leader of the opposition, Mr. Paul Vier? Excellent. Known him a long time. He's a young man, but he's a six-term MP. He came in in his early twenties. I've known him all that time. I, I think he will be an absolutely outstanding prime minister. I think if if your voters come to their senses this November and ours come. To their senses next year, we're, we're, we'll have good government throughout North America, north of Mexico. Uh, I watched a terrific interview with him while he was munching on an apple and he completely demolished some uh, antagonistic uh, reporter. It was one of the greatest things I've ever seen. I don't know him well, but his, his skill uh, as a communicator was really extraordinary. Roger, what he's going to do is he's going to sell conservatism. I mean, everything's to scale, but a little bit the way Thatcher and Reagan did. Instead of saying, as the conservatives have often done in the past in this country, well, we'll do pretty much the same as the liberals, but we'll do it better. Uh, I mean, if people want liberals, they'll get real liberals and not pretend liberals. He's going to sell conservatism as liberty, more liberty for you, and particularly more liberty to do what you want with the money you earn. It'll sell, it'll work, and it'll be a a, 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 a seismic change in the politics of this country. Uh, I, I pray that you are right. Otherwise, it, it appears to me uh, like Canada is on a completely authoritarian track. I mean, the idea that those involved in peaceful protest 
against the vaccination to have their uh, banking cut off or harassed by the government. It's scandalous, but have you followed the, the latest uh, court uh, hearings on that have produced the judgment that the prime minister was unjustified in invoking the Emergencies Act. So uh, the in Canada, the judiciary has set things right. They haven't abdicated the way, if you don't mind me saying so, the judiciary did in the United States over the uh, the unconstitutional changes to the voting and vote counting methods in the last election. They just wouldn't hear the cases. But here we finally got the into a serious court and, uh, and and the government has been rebuked and it's a severe embarrassment for it. Uh, Troy, do you have a question for Lord Black? Yes, absolutely. Uh, so we, we hear so much about uh, Canada's connection with China and that relationship. I'd like you to speak on that real quickly and, and, and Trudeau's um, kind of uh, welcoming in China. There's even been reports that Chinese uh, military are training inside of Canada and I'd like you to speak on that. Yeah, I think that's a little overstated, uh, but um, uh, it, it is a matter of widespread concern in this country that, that it has come to light that the Chinese have intervened in Canadian elections. <clears throat> you know, there are here, as in as in your country, but I think it's a higher percentage of the population here, uh, a good many people of Chinese ancestry and they uh, many of them have family in china and it is apparently the policy of the government of the people's republic to lean on these people's relatives in china and say look here you you do this for us and you tell us this and you you know do do you know whatever it is or your relatives in china are going to pay for your non-cooperation and so we're finally getting to the bottom of how this is going on and and uh I, I, you know, I, I, I will. There's a, certainly a consensus in the country that we can't stand for this. So, I, I think the, you know, the, the what China has done in Canada has at times been utterly scandalous, and I think our response to it has been late and insufficient. For I give an example uh, that this uh, uh, Huawei. I'm not maybe pronouncing it right, but the famous telecommunications company. Uh, it, they went from nowhere to one of the leaders in the world by industrial espionage against. Our company, Northern Telecom, you know, they had extensive uh, facilities in the state of Tennessee. It was a Canadian company. And and um, it, 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 eventually they went bankrupt because everything was stolen by Huawei. And so the Canadian Ministry of Defense bought their headquarters. And when they bought it, they went through it. it, it the, every single room in the place was bugged. And, and, you know, our government never made the proper remonstrations against the Chinese for what they've done. And, they, you know, the Chinese just say, well, it's not us. The government of China says, I had nothing to do with us, you know. I mean, if, if, if our businessmen have misbehaved, it's up to you to deal with it. But but uh, I, I, there there is not, let me put it this way, the, the, China has taken liberties here, and, and, and the Canadians don't like it. So the problem isn't appeasement or, or complicity or complacency. It is we were late getting to the subject but we're getting to it and there's there's a consensus across the entire political spectrum that you we, we simply can't tolerate such things uh we are going to take a quick crass commercial break and when we come back we're going to talk to lord conrad black about his new book the political and strategic history of the world volume one from antiquity to the caesars in 14 a.d talk about an extraordinary Undertaking. We're also going to talk to him about the 2024 U.S. 
presidential election, his assessment of what's going on there. Uh, also going to get his personal uh, analysis of uh, the unique Donald J. Trump. Uh, folks, uh, I'm very serious about those products that I recommend here on the Stone Zone, and I want to recommend to you uh, a, an all-natural product which has literally changed my life. Uh, I am speaking of Cardio Miracle. Cardio Miracle is an all-natural supplement. Uh, it is essentially nitric oxide, uh, three different forms, uh, a noxic I uh, pardon me, a nitric oxide blend, a proprietary blend, and also an antioxidant blend. Uh, this important supplement has many uh, benefits. Uh, it keeps blood pressure and cholesterol at healthy levels. It supports anti-inflammatory response. Uh, it promotes overall good health, including good sexual health and better sleep. Uh, and for me, it has afforded me uh, all natural energy uh, without the kind of highs and lows you get from these uh, energy drinks. So uh, this is, uh, you take it twice a day, uh, a very small capsule uh, mixed uh, with uh, water or juice. This has literally changed my life in terms of my energy and my vitality, and I think it will change yours. You can order it by going to cardiomiracle.com. And when you do, please use promo code STONE. Very picky about the things that I will recommend on air. This is an absolutely great product, and I hope it changes your life as it has changed mine. I'm not a doctor. Uh, this is a heart-healthy product. If you have heart problems, see a physician. Uh, but for general immunity boost and good health, uh, I recommend a cardio miracle. Uh, returning now uh, with uh, Lord Conrad Black, a financier, a historian, uh, author, businessman, columnist, truly citizen of the world. It is a great honor to have us back uh, in the Stone Zone. Uh, Lord Black, tell me your assessment of the 2024 uh, presidential race going on here in the country, specifically uh, reaction to this bombshell report uh, by Joe Biden's own Justice Department. No, not by some uh, some group of Republicans, but his own Justice Department, uh, that he is uh, essentially suffering from cognitive uh, decline uh, and therefore he cannot stand trial for what they confirm was the willful and illegal retention of certain top secret and classified documents that, as vice president, he was actually never entitled to have to begin with. Uh, I, I don't want to be flippant here. Obviously, we're talking about terribly important and complicated things. But basically, I think uh, it, it will ultimately be one of the, and seem to be one of the great uh, positive watersheds in the development of American democracy, that more people in the country are scandalized at the corruption that we were speaking of earlier, the politicization of the justice system and the intelligence agencies, than, than are offended <clears throat> by the vagaries of President Trump's personality. And I think in the end, you'll have 
<clears throat> Trump reelected and, and not in as close a race as many people seem to think. Um, because a good many people who have some reservations about him, or at least a lack of enthusiasm for him, are seriously outraged at the liberties the Democrats have taken with the uh, with the supposedly non-political justice system and intelligence services. And um, on this latest revelation about the uh, condition of the current president, it seems to me that this is another indication that the powers that be within the Democratic Party, the elders of that party, are, are, are in full panic mode and in, in order to um, ease the president into the view that he really should stand aside and not seek re-election. Um, they, they, they are, they're even sabotaging their own technique of these spurious indictments of Trump because the conclusion that you described from Mr. Hur, the special prosecutor for Biden and the document retention issue, uh, has has it seems to me made it a lot easier for President Trump to to uh, explain that the indictment of him and the same subject was, you know, is, is not something that, that is justified. And, um, uh, I, I, you know, the Democrats, it looks to me like the powers that be in that party are, are really resorting to extraordinary measures to try and uh, convince President Biden that he should not seek re-election. Um, but, uh, you know, if they think they're going to, parachute Newsom in, uh, you know, with Michelle Obama or Gretchen Whitmer. Uh, I, I think they're underestimating the degree to which um, the country will expect the Democratic Party to pay for the shambles that they've made of government in the last three years. Yeah, Biden is uh, nothing if not stubborn, uh, and his wife very clearly uh, likes uh, her position, even though I think She's uh, often wearing the tablecloth or kitchen curtains. I'm not sure where, from where she makes up her wardrobe. Uh, but they, they very much like the position. Joe Biden has always been delusional about the fact that he's some kind of Kennedy. Uh, you saw it in his press conference. He's a very angry man. First of all, he's always been that way. Uh, it's interesting because, I don't know, maybe a year and a half ago, Senator Lindsey Graham uh, actually mused that, well, even if you don't like his politics, you have to admit that Joe Biden's a nice guy. I actually know a number of people who know him. I know a number of Democrats who serve with him in the U.S. Senate. Not a single one would describe him as a nice guy. Most would describe him as a sanctimonious prick, uh, as a matter of fact. Uh, but you saw how he gets his back up. I mean, he actually believes that he's the most qualified person in the country to be president, that yeah. he's doing. Who else could have done the things that I've done? Like what? Record inflation? Uh, uh, yeah. The country being on the cusp of World War III in at least two theaters now? Uh, uh, the, these unemployment numbers are entirely cooked. They're not real. Uh, millions and millions of illegal entrants. And no, I mean, he said uh, in that press conference, he said, I put the country back in its feet. What is he talking about? Skyrocketing crime rate, 8 million or so illegal migrants, uh, uh, chaos in the world. I mean, that debacle in Afghanistan. Uh, and as you say, the economic the economic performance is, is, is such that uh, almost nobody in the country is as well off today as they were three years ago. I mean, what, is that putting the country back in its feet? I would have thought not. 
developments uh, today uh, out of the House uh, uh, Oversight Committee, uh, where Hunter Biden's uh, former business partner, partner Bobolinsky, uh, has uh, testified uh, behind closed doors that the 10% earmarked for the big guy is, in fact, Joe Biden. Uh, the media here tries to continue to pretend, well, Hunter may have problems, maybe they involve Brother Jimmy, but that, of course, has nothing to do with Joe Biden. Uh, I, I'm a little perplexed uh, at House Republicans, whose uh, whose margin is dwindling as we speak. Uh, they yeah. dropped uh, a by-election, a special election yesterday, uh, where they nominated a woman who is both not a registered Republican uh, and not a supporter of Donald Trump, uh, and they got the country club Republican vote out for her. But uh, it, the poll showed that in the same district, if Biden and Trump were rematched, Trump would have won. It's a Long Island, New York district. But the candidate we nominated, instead of embracing uh, the titular and overwhelmingly popular head of the party ran from him, wouldn't even say that she voted for him. And then the party leaders wonder why we lost that election. Uh, again, just what we've seen in the House Oversight Committee hearings and what they have produced publicly, there's more than enough evidence to bring articles of impeachment against Joe Biden. There's certainly more than there ever was to justify the two impeachments of Donald Trump. Now, while I'm very happy that the speaker uh, is not going to approve this massive spending bill for Israel, Ukraine, uh, and Israel, because it doesn't meet his criteria of doing something meaningful about border security, uh, and the symbolic act of impeaching the orchid, uh, it just seems to me, despite the fact that it's unlikely you would get a conviction I do not understand why Joe Biden is not being held to the same standard uh, as Donald Trump. Uh, speaking of Donald Trump, uh, you know him. You've known him for a long time. You wrote yeah. a terrific book about him. Uh, I've known him for 45 years. I have a very hard time explaining him to people or trying to get people to see uh, the real Donald Trump. Uh, your observations on this unique human being. Um, I've known him about 25 years, and uh, I, I would say, let, let, let me offer you this thought. I think that he has achieved, he achieved more prior to being inaugurated president than any other holder in history of that office, except those who contributed vitally to the founding of the country and its institutions, who would be Washington Jefferson and Madison, and those who successfully commanded great armies in just wars. That would be Grant and Eisenhower. So next to them, and perhaps Herbert Hoover for the uh, aid work he conducted in Europe at the end of the First World War and building a worldwide engineering firm. Uh, apart from those people, Donald Trump achieved more um, before he was inaugurated president than anybody else. And, and he's, he is a well-educated man, a very accomplished man, not only as a businessman uh, and, and as a, a television personality, um, but as, as a political uh, craftsman. I mean, he developed this technique of translating celebrity into election to the highest office. You know, as you know, he 
changed parties seven times in 13 years, looking and waiting for his moment. And then when he announced his uh, seeking the Republican nomination in, in 2015, uh, the entire commentariat split their sides laughing, thinking this was going to be the most hilarious fiasco in the history of American politics. And of course, he was elected. Uh, he, he is a historical phenomenon, and he is a remarkably talented person. Now, you know, I, I accept that uh, he, there are certain infelicities to his public personality for that office. But, but in fact, he was a, a, an excellent president, particularly given the completely unprecedented uh, harassments, spurious harassments he was subjected to, the, the nonsense about collusion with Russia, complete fiction, as we know now, uh, and the two ludicrous impeachments. And, and, and despite that, he was, as anyone can see in contrasting the United States today with what it was when he was president, he was a very, very successful president. And I think he will very likely be back as president and be, and unlike any other president in the history of the country who has had two terms, I think his second term will be more successful than his first. And um, uh, so I, I, I personally, as you know, he's a delightful man. He's a loyal friend, fine raconteur. And uh, and and a very entertaining person to have dinner with, and so on. But but uh, I mean, as a statesman, he's a very considerable figure, and he's been systematically underestimated. But but uh, not in I, in my opinion by the public. I think you know, despite the tremendous biases towards and in favor of the left in the media, uh, and and uh, you know you know the entertainment world, Wall Street, Silicon Valley. Uh, everybody, frankly, except the people, uh, he, he clearly is a man of outstanding ability. And I, I think I think his time is coming around again, and I hope it is. Uh, we have about 10 more minutes, uh, and we'll get you uh, out the door. I very much appreciate your coming into the Stone Zone today. Uh, I often say that people just really don't understand how extraordinarily tough Donald Trump is. Now, I yes. worked for Richard Nixon, uh, a very tough customer, a guy who clawed himself back from political oblivion to the greatest comeback in American political history, uh, a man who uh, survived Watergate to reemerge as a statesman, uh, advising both Republican and Democratic uh, presidents after him on the fine points of, of uh, foreign policy. I was watching the long interview, which I thought was quite excellent, with my friend Tucker Carlson, uh, with Vladimir Putin. Uh, and I thought about how Richard Nixon would have immediately recognized the lost opportunities uh, for peace uh, under the neocons. Uh, Trump is uh, tougher uh, than Nixon. I also worked for Senator Bob Dole uh, as his assistant in the U.S. Senate for two years. Uh, one of the greatest men of the 20th century would have been a great president. Uh, a man who was told uh, after being very severely injured in World War II that, well, you'll never walk again. You'll never have the use of your hands uh, again. You'll never function normally. You'll have to be fed. Uh, actually refused to accept that, nursed himself back uh, to total functionality with the exception of uh, one bad arm. Uh, Donald Trump is tougher than both of them, and they were both very tough guys. Given that yes. he's looking 
get to the potential for 600 years in jail, uh, looking for the fact that his enemies are uh, are adamant about uh, trying to lock him up. He still amazes me in terms of how uh, uh, his mood is so good. I mean, he's he is determined. He's resolute. He's uh, he, he's imminently confident. A lesser man, I just think, would have folded uh, under this pressure. I, I couldn't agree more. And furthermore, let me put this to you: um, the the Trump that the Trump haters hate uh, isn't there anymore. I mean, that was never the real Trump anyway. But but the the, this conception of him as a braggart and a bully and a, a you know a blowhard and so on, uh, which was unjust and and was magnified by his opponents. But it must be said that at times he made it easy for them. Um, that isn't the Trump who's there now. I mean, he, he he like all of us and every you know you always get better at something the more you do it and a, a, a very few of his uh, public comments have to be walked back now and uh, you know they try and pound some things like this business in South Carolina about NATO and so on but basically uh, he he's he's been quite judicious but apart from that even though he's an ex president and a billionaire he is an underdog. And he, the, the majority of the people can see that he is fighting to protect his reputation, defend himself from utterly scurrilous charges that are politically motivated and, and, and are in themselves a, a, a dangerous corruption of the justice system. And so he is actually a natural candidate for admiration. And I don't think the Trump haters realize that their entire position has been constantly eroded every day by their own misconduct and their abuse of the system. And I think Trump is becoming naturally a much more popular person than he was even when he was elected president. And, and, and so I, mean, I, I want, Roger, if you would, you tell me, am I dreaming here? Or, or is Trump's status with the, the great mass of reasonable, fair-minded uh, reflective Americans who every four years decide what they want to do uh, in the presidential election. Is his status not growing all the time for those reasons, or, or am I dreaming? No, I think you're absolutely right. Uh, it's not only reflected uh, in the massive amount of polling and survey research that I look at every day, uh, but it's also reflected just in anecdotal conversations. Uh, yeah. Ironically, the number of African-Americans woman uh, who is uh, the clerk at the dry cleaner, the man who uh, delivers uh, water to my home, uh, not who I think would be typical Trump supporters. They, I don't raise it with them. They raise it with me. Uh, so I see it both anecdotally, but I also see it scientifically. There is a, a recognition, first of all, that the Trump days in terms of peace and prosperity were much, much better than the chaos that we have now. Uh, and a feeling that things are, under this president particularly, uh, totally and completely uh, out of control. Uh, Lord Black, tell us about your new book, uh, The Political and Strategic History of the World. This is just volume one, From Antiquity to Caesar, uh, Caesar's 14 AD. That seems to be an extraordinary undertaking. As someone who's written five books, I know how difficult it was for me with a more narrow subject. This is a uh, this is an incredible undertaking. Tell us about it. 
Yeah, well, I, I, having um, written a strategic history of the United States and a full history of Canada, you know, I started as a biographer. You kindly mentioned my books on Roosevelt and Nixon and and, and Trump and and some other people. Um, I, 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 you know, I'm getting older, and I wanted a sort of magnum opus, and I, I, I recognize that if it's not a comprehensive history of the world, and it isn't. I'm not pretending it is. It's not a cultural history or a sociological history, though those factors come in. Obviously, it's a, essentially a political history. How um, societies developed and how the how the relations between them developed. Um, it, 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 there has been a, a, an an unorganized, unspoken, spontaneous, uh, not conspiracy, but communion of view in the historical community that this was a vast subject that was, you know, unapproachable unless you were prepared to spend 20 years reading thick volumes like some of the ones behind me on my shelf here. And, um, and that's, not, that's not the case. You can put it readably and comprehensively in three big volumes, the whole political history of the world, and that's what I'm doing, and and uh, you know it, it, it's quite dense in terms of facts, but it, it, it you, you concentrate on the important people, good and evil, and in between, but that's what makes history interesting, and people make history. This idea that we just sit here and are carried along in ineluctable waves of society and and technology is rubbish. I mean, it's people who make the history. And if you do that, you can make it reasonably interesting and reasonably readable. And it'll be the three volumes will be 30 chapters each, distinct periods and subjects. So you can start anywhere, just read bits and pieces, use the index, whatever you want, but it's all there. And so I'm, I'm trying to make history, political history, more accessible and more readable because I am, I don't want to masquerade here as some uh, presumptive teacher to the world. I'm nothing of the kind, and I'm not trying to, you know, uh, uh, attract a following or something. But the fact is, I'm scandalized at how ignorant most people are in all countries of, of their own country's history, and and we need to know our history better, all of us. All right, uh, we are unfortunately out of time. Let's throw up the graphic uh, where that book can be obtained. Uh, but I want to thank uh, Lord Conrad Black for entering the Stone Zone today and urge folks to go to his website, conradmblack.com, to learn more about his incredible work. Uh, and uh, I want to thank you again, Lord Black, for uh, joining us today in the Stone Zone. It has been a distinct uh, privilege uh, and honor. Uh, I admire you greatly, and I'm grateful that you gave us the time today. Hey, Roger, your admiration is entirely reciprocated. I'm delighted to meet you after all these years of uh, identifying with so many of the stances you've taken, and particularly when you yourself were uh, the victim of the vagaries of the American justice system in the hands of political opponents. So thank you for having me on, and I hope we meet again soon. Uh, many thanks. Also, thanks to my uh, co-host, uh, Troy Smith of Launch yeah, Liberty you, today. Uh, gentlemen, God bless you and Godspeed.